Welcome, you're listening to Get to the Point with Callie Clayman. I'm so excited to be back in NYC where I'm in quarantine in the dorms. And our guest for episode four will be joining me here in the dorms in a few months. I miss Chayella and I'm so elated to catch up with her today. So let me welcome you to the podcast you listen to to make the most of your pre-pro journey. This episode is sponsored by Goalie. Goalie Nutrition has created the first apple cider vinegar gummy. Apple cider vinegar has been a known health go-to for years, but now you can get the benefits of apple cider vinegar in a tasty gummy without the icky taste of ACV. Goalie benefits include supporting healthy digestion, skin health, supports healthy weight management, a healthy immune system, and supports a healthy heart and improved energy. You can get Goalie shipped to your home with a 5% discount by going to the link in my bio and visiting Goalie.com. A quick disclaimer, this podcast is owned and operated by me. It does not represent the views, positions, or opinions of any of the schools, businesses, or the companies that my guests or I have attended or are currently associated with. All photos and videos are property of the dancers and are not for private use. Tayella, welcome to Get to the Point. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Yay, I'm so excited. Okay, so I like to start by asking everyone how we met. So, I think we met SAB 2017. 2017, yes, we did. We met there very briefly, but I feel like we got close in SAB 2019 and then winter term when we were sweet mates. Yeah, it was really special because we both got in to SAB winter term the same Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, definitely. I feel like even for the other kids who we, when we all got accepted together it was definitely we had a close bond and we kind of like stuck to that during the year that was kind of we held each other together (laughs) definitely did so do you want to share a little bit how your dance journey began my dance journey began when i was about seven years old um my mom had put me in rhythmic gymnastics and that was instantly like my first love i was i loved rhythmic gymnastics i was obsessed with it Um, my mom noticed that my rhythmic gymnastics was lacking a bit of of, like fluidity and grace and like the things that the qualities you would see in a lot of the, um, Russian rhythmic gymnasts and, um, all the ones who were like the stars at the time. So she was like, okay, Tyler, we're putting you in ballet because you need to get some of that. You got to get some of that good stuff. You know, we need that grace. We need that fluidity. (laughs) It's like... I wasn't on board with it because I did not like ballet at all. I found it boring. I didn't, I just didn't like it. And she was like, well, Tyler, if you don't do ballet, you can't do rhythmic gymnastics. And I was like, okay, deal. So um, I was put in a Vagadava Ballet School, and that's kind of how it all started from there. Like, at what point do you think you fell in love most with? ballet or started doing ballet curiously shortly after I was put into that Vagadava ballet school um the teacher saw that I had potential and he was like we want her full time so she's gonna have to choose between rhythmic gymnastics and ballet and at the time I was um like nine years old I think and I just didn't really I didn't know what I wanted yet I was just too young to decide mm-hmm. so my mom decided to take me out of that school and I went to Miami City Ballet for about two years and 
that is where I started to fall in love with ballet a bit more. And I feel like the tipping point for me when like that passion kind of sparked was when I did my first Nutcracker with Miami City Ballet. And I was a little party girl in the party scene. And yeah, I feel like that's just where my love for ballet and performing kind of ignited. And yeah. So when you moved to Miami City Ballet, did you continue your rhythmic training? Yes. At the time, I was still doing rhythmic gymnastics, but I now had a bit more love and appreciation for ballet than I didn't have before, which is um, really cool to see that kind of like growth into something Uh new because I had done rhythmic gymnastics for so long that it was cool to have something else as well. Yeah, so you did competitions with rhythmic, and then you were also, like, fully in at my mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely a very busy schedule, busy life, but, um, yeah, it worked out. I, from that time, my rhythmic gymnastics schedule, I think I went to the gym for five days a week and for four hours, so it was a lot, <laughs> um, and I did ballet, like, before my rhythmic classes oh my goodness yeah I I would come home and I wouldn't even be able to walk I'd be crawling up the stairs oh my <laughs> mom would, like carry me it was a very like I would go to school my mom I would go I would get back in the car after school she'd have food in the car I'd change in the car my whole life was on the road <laughs> I know that life pretty well <laughs> we all kind of go through that little time doing homework in the car getting dressed in the car doing Mm -hmm. your runs before you walk into ballet class yeah it's literally all I knew (laughs) yeah I know right so how did your mom choose Miami City Ballet was did she know that like Miami City Ballet was such a big deal or was it kind of just like because it was close I think um she did some research into it and saw like Miami City Ballet was a good school and I went in for an audition and history from there. <laughs> so at what point did you decide it was kind of enough with rhythmic? The tipping point for me, it's actually funny because it was right before my first SAB summer course. Um, I had done nationals um, right before I went to SAB and I just kind of knew that whole year, that whole um competition year that I wanted to do ballet I was just like when you've done something for so long you're scared to kind of like let it go mm-hmm. at that point because you love it but like you know it's time to move on Aww. but it hurts yeah. <laughs> to like move on from it and um to let it go so but definitely the biggest tipping point for me was after the my first SAB summer course that I knew that I wanted to do ballet now and like I had to find the strength to let comp- competitive rhythmic gymnastics go at least I still did rhythmic but um more on the for funs fun sake kind of level like not for winning competition stuff like that at that point do you think like you used rhythmic more for like a cross training aspect for your ballet training yeah definitely I feel like rhythmic really aided in my ballet just says ballet aided in my rhythmic 
Um, it was great for strength, flexibility, everything that I needed, like um, fundamentally for ballet. And then ballet kind of just was able to like put it all together. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting that you say after your first SAB summer, you're like, you know, mm -hmm. this full time because yeah. I've talked to other people and they feel the exact same way. I think mm -hmm. SAB is just one of those at summers that you leave feeling so inspired, so fulfilled. It's so exciting. I know. It's just like those special moments and the energy in the studios that like, I think anyone remembers after a summer intensive or like, if you're walking away from us, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It's like, it feels so, oh my God, I'm so inspired. And you get home and you're like, I just want to dance. <laughs> it's, like, it's so crazy to think about the history SAB has, like how much history is embedded into that school. So how did you decide that SAB was the summer intensive that you were going to go to? Was it your first summer intensive that you'd ever gone to? Yes, it was my first out-of-state summer intensive. All summer intensives that I did before that were all like inside in Miami. So I did Miami City Ballet summer intensive for two years, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but then when I moved to Louisiana, when I moved to New Orleans, um, I kind of halted on ballet for a little bit just because we were getting set up here and like weren't really... Um, like taking the time to like get me back in like the ballet school aspect of everything just because of like how hectic it was moving and like yeah. getting everything set up but once we were set up um i finally found a good ballet school and um it's weird it's like everything that happens like significant happens during a nutcracker season it's really weird like what my start was with the nutcracker and now at this new school, we had Nutcracker season again, and a bunch of professionals came in for, like, the bigger roles. Mm -hmm. And one of the girls who used to go to the school who um, went to ABT for a bit, she recommended, she was like, you should try out for SAB summer course. And I was like, I'd never heard of SAB ever. <laughs> I'd never heard of anything. Like, like I was like, oh, what's SAB? And then I kind of did some research. I went on YouTube and I looked at the videos and Strictly stuff. Ballet. Yes. <laughs> Strictly ballet, of course. I, I was on so many times. <laughs> I've watched it way too many times. Like I'm kind of ashamed of how many times I watched Strictly Ballet. And like the AOL New York City Ballet series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Religiously over and over again. <laughs> Literally, when I'm like in the mood to watch something like ballet related, throw me strictly <laughs> ballet. <laughs> but yeah, she said, she's like, yeah, you should audition for SAB. And I was like, okay. So we did some research. We found an audition. I auditioned in Atlanta Ballet. And my auditioner was actually Suki. Oh. And Alan, which is so cool. And, yeah, and right after, the, I, I've actually never said this before, but um, right after the audition, um, Suki like came up to me. She was like, "Oh, so like you go, you dance in New Orleans?" And I was like, "Yeah, I dance in New Orleans." She was like, "Well, we'd love to have you for summer course." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Uh, uh, what? 
and then I came out, I ran to my mom, I was like, mom, they accepted me in there. And she was like, what? What are you talking about? They, what? what? <laughs> it was just so, it was crazy. It was a crazy experience. That is so special because now Suki's like one of your main teachers. Exactly. I just like, I love Suki so much. Um, do you think like, after like going to SAB, do you think you were like, that's where I want to be for sure? Definitely. It was instant. I was like, mom, I want to be in New York City Ballet and I want to go to SAB. <laughs> and she was okay. like, she's like, but Tayala, there's all these. I was like, nope. SAB. Totally. I, I totally know how you feel. And you were trained Vaganova, right? I was. I started off in the Vagan. I kind of bounced all over the place for a while. My first start was in the Vaganova style. And then when I went to Miami City Ballet, it was Balanchine. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I went back into the Vaganova style. And then... I kind of went classical e kind of thing, and then it was just very back and forth, mitch matchy all over the place. So I never really was trained in like one particular style, but I definitely found Balanchine to be the hardest one for me to grasp, just because I didn't have much time to grasp Balanchine style as well, because like I was a lot younger when I learned it. So, yeah, it was definitely a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I mean, I did Vaganova and, like, a classical mix. Mm -hmm. But, and then, of course, like, coming to SAV, you're, like, full Balanchine and, like, you learn all of the nuances. And definitely, like, I agree. There have been some moments where I'm, like, so confused and, like, hold yeah. on, give me a second. I got to switch my brain up. But what yeah. has been, like, the hardest, like, nuance or, like, little thing to change for you? I feel like the dynamic, because in Balanchine, the dynamic's very different. It's very precise and, like, sharp, and, like, you have those little soft nuances, but at the same time, it's very, like, powerful. You kind of, like, switch it. When, like, Vagan of a Ballet, it's very slow and fluid, and, like, of course there's, like, accents, but, like, it's also very slow mm -hmm. so it's definitely hard to switch between those nuances yeah i totally agree and like especially because the music is so powerful and we use the music so much mm -hmm. that was a hard thing for me to wrap my brain around all of like mm -hmm. the new accents one and you know like starting uh, off, you know ands and oh my god oh my god i know <laughs> the ballets like the balanchine ballets like agon the count i know I know. It's big. She's like, one, two, three, four, one, five, six. Like, <laughs> I always joke that it, like, goes from a one to a 13 to a seven. <laughs> like, it feels like that. It was, yeah, it's crazy. We were literally learning it um, again with Maria Karofsky the other day on Zoom. And she was like, yeah, girls, I understand, like, the the camera's like and your internet's off a little bit and like I know the counts are weird but you guys will get it we're we're getting it and I was like yep we're gonna get it <laughs> we're gonna get it yeah also like Agon is one of the hardest ballets to count especially that yeah mm -hmm. and it's also kind of difficult because I feel like everyone hears the music just a little bit differently mm -hmm. like the teacher Definitely. can count it and I was like wait. I hear it on a different and than you do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, 
because over um, SAB, I got to do it for elective demonstrations. And the way Suki does it when I learned it over the summer and the way um, Katrina does it are like two completely like different like ways. And I think the counts were a bit different too. And then with Maria the other day, her counts and like things are a little different too. And I was like, huh, <laughs> it's hard to like switch. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. We should talk about lectins. For those that don't know, lecture demonstrations give a sneak peek at ballet training to new audiences throughout New York City. The show is an hour completely free and absolutely tailored for small children. The first part of the show is a demonstration of classwork at the bar and center, and then an amazing selection of performance excerpts from some of the most incredible and beloved ballets, and then an audience Q&A. We get to visit various neighborhood theaters throughout the boroughs of New York, including locations in Harlem, Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx. It's honestly such a perfect introduction to ballet and so interactive with the audience. Talk about how you found out you were getting cast in, how all that came about. Yeah, so I was one of the, I guess, later castings because first they cast the NYCB lectum demonstrations. They started with C2, which you were in C1 last year. So they started casting with C2, and casting went up on the bulletin board. The first series was, it was for schools that came in to watch the performances. I think maybe we had a donor show as well. Then after that, they casted the traveling ones. Um, So I found out a little bit on the later side, but um, basically after class one day, I forgot to check the board because like usually every day all the students like check the board. It's just kind of something we do. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't check the board that day. (laughs) Ironically, I went upstairs (laughs) and then one of my friends called me. He was like, come downstairs right now. And I was like, why? He's like, oh my God, you're on the board. You're doing Agon. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) It was such a great honor to like chosen to do such um amazing uh, variation so cool to do that and also like such an honor to be able to rehearse with Katrina Killian Mm because I've always like admired her and I I always love her classes so yeah it was really cool just the whole so sweet just how it like all comes about like I remember I was in um second class I think it was in like a k-point class And the boys had just gotten out of class, too. And David came to, like, the doors. Because at SAB, all of the doors are always open. Like, no teachers ever close the door. So you hear music going through the halls. And David had come up. And he was like, Callie, you won't won't believe this. And he, like, grabs me after class was, like, finishing and took me to the board. And he's like, we're doing chai pot together. Honestly, like, I was in disbelief and shock because I was just like so excited. I think I did chai paw, sugar plum. Oh, and like the partnering demonstration. Love that. Did I Ethan like call you? Yeah, Ethan told me. <laughs> I was like, I was upstairs. I was just like writing in my journal or whatever. And then he calls me. He's like, oh my God, you're doing Agon. I was like, what are you talking about? And he had me on speaker. So like literally everyone in that area heard him. And he was like, come downstairs, you're on speaker, by the way. I was like, oh my gosh, I love Ethan. (laughs) And I was like, oh my god, Ethan. (laughs) 
it's like such great memories to have. Yes. Yeah. The traveling experience was just so fun. Like I remember because we all we took like it was like a little shuttle bus, I guess, and all of us would literally just be like playing music in the in the bus and just jamming out. And I remember um one time the film crew came to film for the documentary mm -hmm. and we were all just like blasting music and I was like I forgot to sew, sew my point shoes the night before and I was like oh my god I didn't sew my point shoes <laughs> and I literally that was the quickest sewing I've ever done in my life it took me like five minutes I, I really like powered through that I remember I remember you got on the bus and you were like oh my god I don't have a needle and I was like here you go bud here you go <laughs> I got you I got you yeah I always have to sew my point shoes the night before because it will not happen. I think I like putting my point shoes on the air vent and letting the jet glue just like yes. in the point shoe. Yes, it's so great. Also like after class, like for airing out your point shoes, like for it to like dry out a little bit before we put them back on again, like putting them on the vent, like perfect. It made my room smell kind of funky, but it was <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, I also have another story. Yes. The day that the film crew was there, we were in the dressing room, I left my phone on the bus. Oh my god, I remember that. The bus had gone to like a different, like, state. <laughs> what am I gonna do? I used your phone to call my mom and I was like, Mom, don't be mad. I left my phone on the bus because I was like so focused on sewing my point shoes and I like completely forgot my phone like on the seat. Oh. And I was so mad at myself. And it had to get like shipped all the way to SAB. Next, I think I got it the next day or like later yeah. on that day, like really late. Yeah, I remembered you were like, okay, I really can't find my phone. And I was like, oh, we'll find it. It's in the dance bag. It's somewhere in here. And then I think after searching for it for like an hour and a half, you were like, wait. I was like, I think it's on the bus. But I got your phone back. It's a victory. I'm so happy I got it back. <laughs> I also want to mention that I find it like so amazing that SAB um, is really um, trying to build up a very diverse community by going to all these different areas and ha having all these different children be able to watch us and be inspired and inspire them to audition for SAB as well. Because it's also like demonstrating that ballet doesn't fit just one mold, one social class, one kind of person, one look. And yeah, I feel like it's really cool that they go to all these different places and inspire all these children to come audition. And showing these little kids like what ballet is about in such a pure and amazing way. You know what I mean? I love that SAB does this. I find it so weird sometimes because on, you know, the SAB YouTube, we'd see like, um, pictures of like Tyler Peck when she was at summer course mm -hmm. and like all these amazing principal dancers and we're just like I can't believe they came here too and like they were us before like that's crazy to see how it just branches out from there like everyone just ah, it's so cool it's so I great I know it's amazing I remember my first summer at SAB they had pictures of principal dancers by the doors of which mm -hmm. they stayed in during the year. No way! That's so yeah. cool! I think I stayed in Sarah Mearns' old suite. Oh my god, that's so cool! So what ballet 
conventions, if you did do them, did you go to? Um, I did one world ballet competition. I believe it was what? in 2014. Yeah, 2014. I was in the lowest category you can be in, the little babies. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> first variation I did. I did Key Tree from <gasps> Don You. The dun 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 Yep. <laughs> and then for the second one, I did La Talisman. Cute. Yeah. And yeah, that was my first ballet competition. And then my second ballet competition was in 2018. I did YAGP. Queen. Um, uh, I did the semifinals in, I think I did it in Houston. I know Madison, Madison Grove was there. Yeah, she was. I can't remember if I went to, you know, I don't think I went to Houston that year, but that is just so funny. I almost went. Alex community is large but very connected very small yeah how were your experiences at these competitions did you like competing and I liked competing it was a bit like strange though because like I had that competition vibe from like rhythmic gymnastics and stuff but like the competition vibe and rhythmic gymnastics I feel is so much more different than the ballet world because in rhythmic everyone's just kind of um really like first of all like the spacing and like um ballet competitions and rhythmic is so different because when you're practicing your routines um in the back carpet and rhythmic gymnastics it's kind of just like huge space mm -hmm. where like all the everyone who's competing would practice oh wow but like at ballet competitions i found it works there's like no space to like practice except for like those like five minutes you go on stage and like you just like do a little quick run through and then yeah it was like so weird to see like the difference but I also found that like ballet competitions have like a family kind of vibe to it as well it's very like communal like, they'll come up to you and be like oh my god what's your Instagram what's your name uh -huh. like, it's, like it's cool that way yeah, um, yeah I liked doing ballet competitions for that little bit it was cool. Do you think, like, it gave you good time on stage and it made you more comfortable with that idea? I think it definitely did because I never realized how nervous um, it makes me to perform on stage sometimes because, I don't know, when you're younger, you don't really process what's going on. Like, for my Nutcracker with Miami City Ballet, it's, like, it was just, like, really fun because you're on stage with, like, other people and like you're just kind of acting and like having fun or whatever but like when you actually go on stage perform a variation by yourself it's like a completely different ball game totally <laughs> you'd like you get a you get nervous of course um but yeah I found that it made me a little bit more comfortable with performing on stage I realized like after I did my um variation that I wanted to do it again <laughs> I was like I want to go again <laughs> <laughs> because like it was so um exciting after like I got over the nerves definitely how do you think you processed the nerves and like maybe the stress that you felt before you were going on stage mm -hmm. I feel like for me if the nerves are like excited nerves then I 
they're good. But if the nerves are like, I'm going to throw up nerves, I'm like, Ooh, got to stay away from those. So you kind of just have to like put yourself in a right mental headspace and be like, you can be nervous, but like put yourself with the good nerves, like not like the bad nerves that like make you crazy or whatever. When I was younger, I would almost play into the, Oh, I'm going to fall. I'm going to trip. I'm going to not do so great. And like, as I got older, I was like, hold on, I am not going to let myself go down that path. So Mm -hmm. I had to really be like, you are going to be great. Whatever happens, happens. You know, like I had to almost like talk myself and like try and find the calm. Because Mm -hmm. it can be hard, especially with like open stage when you're seeing everyone come out in their costumes and work on their variations. It gets very nerve-wracking. Very nerve-wracking. stage by yourself is Definitely. so scary mm-hmm. and like hearing your number being called it's almost like an out-of-body experience you know what I mean yeah yeah I feel like though like no matter how many times I perform on stage I'll never like be rid of those nervous like little nervous jitters before performance like never like I've competed with rhythmic so many times and I've gone through all those little nervous jitters and I competed in ballet competitions, but each and every time I always get those little, mm, I know. Little no, but I think I, I used to have conversations with my parents about this all the time. And I was like, I'm always, I just get always feel those nerves. And they were like, that is an amazing thing. The day mm-hmm. that you don't feel nerves is not a good day. Mm-hmm. having nerves means you care and you're excited it's what you do with those yeah. nerves and t- and your body that makes it's your senses too it like makes you make sure it gets your adrenaline going yeah. yeah whatever you do with those nerves is up to you and you can use it for the good or the bad mm-hmm. many conversations with my parents about those mm-hmm. such an important topic definitely where did you get your costumes so my mom, she made all my costumes. Um, she really liked, oh my God, she even made all my costumes in rhythmic gymnastics too. I no. only ever got one costume. Yeah. Oh gosh. So she like had to hand rhinestone all of those rhythmic costumes? All of those rhythmic costumes all by hand. Oh my gosh. Do you still have them? I do. I still have all of them. Of course like too small for me now and like we use them like for the rhythmic girls at the gym we have but um yeah we bring them in like when we have little showcases and performances they feel like they're so happy when we bring the costumes like oh my god look at this one look at this one it's so cute (laughs) because that's exactly how I used to react when um my rhythmic coach used to bring in like possible costumes for the girls and we'd all like just try on costumes it used to be like so exciting I feel like that's such like that's like one of like the best parts of like getting to perform on stage is like your costume, like getting to put on. Ugh, so great. Well, even for Lex, yeah, when we got to wear the company's costume, yeah. I was sad though. I only got to wear a leotard. <laughs> but it's okay. Did you wear your own leotard. Yeah, and then they gave me the belt. The belt yeah, talking about rhythmic. I know we've already touched on, like, the cross-training aspects of this, but other Mm -hmm. than rhythmic, do you have any other cross-training necessities that you need for your body? Back when I was living in Miami, I had a contortion teacher. (laughs) She was great, though. Her name was um, Bimba, and she used to help me um, 
just with controlling my flexibility as well. Cause like, it's good to have flexibility, but if you don't have the control or the strength to support your flexibility, you're going to get nothing from it. Really? So she really helped me like build the strength with my flexibility as well. And yeah, that's kind of like another bit of cross training I used to do as yeah. well. Do you go to the gym or do like do Pilates or anything right now? Um, right now I kind of do my rhythmic training at home and then I apply it to my ballet classes when I do get on like zoom and stuff like that. But I never really did any like Pilates or like gyrotonics. I've only gotten into that since I've gone to SAB. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like ankle strength and stuff like that and like turnout, I feel like Turnout's a big thing that um, I feel like you don't get in rhythmic gymnastics. Everything's very, um, it's not turned in, but your turnout is not really like a factor in rhythmic gymnastics. Like it doesn't matter. It's more of like the flexibility and like making it look good. Um, so like when I came to the ballet world, I was like, turnout, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> it was definitely interesting concept and one that I am still trying to develop I mean like so many ways to explain it like I've heard people talk about from your hips like acting as if there's spirals going out feeling all of those muscles together like simultaneously is so complex Mm -hmm. and complicated like isolating all of these little muscles Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like thinking about it in your own way is really how you're going to get it because I've had so many teachers explain it to me over the years, but I never really grasped it. And then recently over the summer, I did um, a summer course called Russian masters ballet online. And I really, really grasped the concept of turnout and like they really made me understand And I feel like it's just a way of explaining it and what works best for your mind and how you visualize it. Because I feel like everyone can do it. It's just the way you visualize it and think about it and how you can consciously apply it for yourself. Yeah, it's just one of those things that you have to, like, really drill on yourself and focus on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, people explain the concept of turnout, but I didn't really fully understand it until I worked with this teacher Tim Fox and he got me here I have him right here he was like you need to bring these to SAB with you you are not going <laughs> to lose your turnout they're like these turnout discs and there's like zero distance in them and mm-hmm. I was doing private with them and he had me get on them and he was like okay turn out and I was like wait I thought I could turn out more than this when my hips like would yes. go out but it's almost like the control and using your muscles so differently, like using this muscle and then this muscle and then putting mm-hmm. them together. Yes. Like, people would explain it to me, but I was like, I don't really understand that concept for mm-hmm. my body. So it was really interesting to get on these discs and like have it just be felt in my body so that I can always like go back to that place. Yeah. I feel like definitely some people can like naturally just do it. Like, they don't have to think about it, like, consciously because they're naturally positioned that way. Mm-hmm. But, like, it is something that a lot of people kind of just have to, like, focus on and think about what works for them and themselves. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, when I, was at, when I was at SAB for winter term, when I went to Pilates, that was all I used to do, the discs in the Pilates room. 
it was like literally I just went on there to do the turn turnout discs. Like that's all Phoebe. Phoebe was like going on the discs. I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're so good for you. I recommend. Mm-hmm. I should link them because they are like amazing. They're good for warming up for after class. Mm-hmm. Just like getting in the little meticulous little movements that you need to get yeah. in class and after. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like as I get older too, because when I used to warm up for class when I was um, younger. I used to do a lot of like just like splits and just like stuff like that. But like getting old, when I get older now, like I'm realizing that like we're old. (laughs) I realize that I need to like warm up more of like my hips because that's what's important. And like I realize that like turnout is really like the fundamental thing I need to have like ready when I go into class. So, like, I find that I do a lot more hip warm-ups than, like, I've ever done before and, like, just a lot of turnout exercises and a lot less stretching. And I find that, like, I have a better ballet class that way. Totally. Totally. I, when I was younger, I did not warm up. I was terrible at warming up. I didn't even do the splits. And I was like, wait, hold up. Got to fix that. And, like, Mm -hmm. summer, I really discovered, like, your hips and your turnout is really the universe of your whole structural system of your body, you know? So I, I agree mm-hmm. with that. Like I've been having to actually like warm up my hips, warm up my hamstrings, do some exercises. Wow. Class. Totally get that. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you got into SCB? Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. So my first year getting into SAB was 2018. And I had turned 14, so that was kind of like the year where they start accepting for winter term. And I got accepted for winter term, but my mom was not on board with it. She was like, Tyler, you are too young. You are not going away. (laughs) You are 14. And I was like, no, mom, I want to go. No. But then after a while, I kind of grew to understand why she said this because I also felt deep down that I was a little too young. I didn't have enough um, experience, like life experiences and stuff like that. And I wasn't really able to like take care of myself as I thought I would have been able to. So that year I didn't um, go, but I always, I had, I always had that fear in the back of my mind. I was like, if I don't take it, they're not going to accept me again. Like, I I feel like that's always, like, a fear, and I felt like when talking to other people who um, got invited for winter term, they were like, yeah, that was my fear as well, that, like, if I don't take it, I won't be accepted again, Mm -hmm. and um, I found that I just kind of had to let that fear go and let time and just everything take its path, and so SAB 2019, I auditioned for SAB again. And I got in the winter term again, and I was really excited that um, they yeah. they saw something in me again. I was like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> so that year, we decided to take it. I was like, Mom, we're taking it. She was like, okay, you can live on your own. You can do it. I was like, I can do it. Aww. So, yeah, come September of 2019, hopping on a plane and moving to oh, New York. Neat. I mean, it's such a it's the best feeling to get a call from your parents. Like, guess what? Guess what? You got into winter term. 
Oh my God. Wait, we should talk about how we found out, like the call. Okay. So mine's kind of like, inter- not interesting. It's kind of cute, but okay. I would call my mom after every class and I'd be like, did you hear anything? Like they uh-huh. haven't invited anyone to my class yet. I'm getting a little worried. I don't know if it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there were some nights where I was just like, I don't know if it's going to happen, mom. Like kind of like look at, getting a little yeah. guide. Getting here, yeah. I just want it so bad. Mm-hmm. And eventually it was like the third week and they they were a little bit later asking for our summer yeah I didn't get asked till like the fourth week and by the third week of me like calling my mom after every class and like did you hear anything she was like okay here's what's gonna happen if I hear something I'm gonna send you the star emoji okay and and I think we were both just like, I need to stop calling after class wondering. Yeah. And yes, I you stopped talking about it. Yeah. I was like, I just need to take my classes and just do me. And so mm-hmm. nothing went by. Still didn't get the star emoji. It was kind of like, wasn't really there. And I kind of stopped checking my phone after ballet classes because I was just like, you know, if it happens, it happens. I'm not going to really, mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. And I remember it was, I think it was a Friday. And I was in Megan Mann's class, my second class for point, in the back studio. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even check my phone. I put my clothes back up and I walked back upstairs. And I had plugged my phone in because I was back in my room. And there was a star emoji, mm-hmm. my mom, my dad, my brother. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. So I called my mom. And she was like, SAP called. You got into winter term for C2. And I just like, oh I was so excited. Special. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Well, tell me about yours. I, yeah. So, um, for 2019, I was a bit more stressed out that summer because for 2018, I didn't really think about the whole getting asked thing. I just kind of like, did my summer, had fun, and I completely forgot that that was even a thing. Yeah. And then I got the call, and I was in the cafeteria, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, crazy. But for 2019, I was definitely a lot more stressed out because I had that in the back of my mind. I was like, what if they don't accept me again? What if they don't accept me again? What if they thought I didn't improve? And, yeah, that was just my biggest fear, them thinking I didn't improve. Like, I always want to, like – come back better and better each year Mm -hmm. so I was like please let them think I improved (laughs) so I just kind of did me did my classes and I decided to like let go of like the stress because like I wanted to enjoy my summer I thought there was like no point in me stressing about it what happens happens there's always a plan so period period (laughs) so we were on the couch watching a movie and I forgot what movie it was, but we were watching a movie and like it was just starting and we were like popping popcorn or whatever. And then my mom calls me. She's like, hey, what you doing? And I was like, I'm on the couch with my friends. And everyone's just kind of looking because they're like, because everyone's just kind of on Anytime everyone gets, anytime someone gets called by their parent, everyone's like, it's so funny. <laughs> they're like, like, everyone just stops what they're doing. It's like, so stare at you. <laughs> but I was like, everyone's just like, stop. They like paused the movie, and I was like, 
I'm not, I'm doing nothing. She, she's like, who are you with? I was like, just with some friends or watching a movie. I was like, do you have anything to tell me? And she was like, nope. And one of the girls who goes to my studio here in New Orleans, she went, her last year was her first summer at SAB. She's 12 or 13, sorry. And she was like one of the younger girls. And my mom made a pair of leg warmers for her. So she was like, hey, can you take the leg warmers down to um, her room? And I was like, oh, okay. So like I took the leg warmers down and she waited like two minutes and I got the leg warmers to her and I was kind of walking back upstairs and she called me again. She was like, are you, are you in her room? I was like, oh no, I just left. And she was like, well, I didn't want to tell you around like everybody, but like you got accepted in the winter term. I was like, oh! I know. It's just that moment of like, oh my God. Yeah. I know. Oh my God, all the stressing is gone. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, but yeah, it was so exciting. So sweet. I mean, I just like, that was like one of the happiest days of my entire life. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the call is definitely that's the thing everyone remembers. It's so oh. special. The call. <laughs> just like, and all that hard work and having your parents tell you, it, there's just something so sweet about that. So much, yeah. Uh, I love it. <laughs> so, going into SAB winter term last year, you yes. are featured in a documentary. Uh, no, it's definitely really excited. I found out that um, I would have the opportunity to be a part of it at the end of the summer course. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but at the time, I just, I didn't tell anybody. Cause, like, I just didn't want to. Yeah. Because, like, I just didn't want to. <clears throat> My voice. Ah, I need drink water. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, coming into um, the beginning a winter term, they had the film crew fly to New Orleans and they filmed me at home and like they went to the gym with us for the little rhythmic gymnastic girls and it was really cool and um, then I got on the plane and they met me at the front of the building right when I got out of the Uber and then they recorded me coming all the way like up the stairs or whatever and, and like we kind of just filmed throughout the whole um, winter term up until our abrupt um, leaving of SAB. Sad. Very sad. But it was really yeah. funny because I remember there were times during the year, we were obviously sweet mates, that the film crew would come in. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they would, like, have us go into your room and talk to you, and we were like, hey, T, what's up? That's so funny. So I was like, hey, yeah, how y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, I remember um, right after they left, I think a couple days after that, we all decorated the suite. And yeah. I was like, dang, why couldn't the suite be decorated? I know, our suite was a mess. I was like, good thing I like cleaned my room because like that's the only like spot they stayed in. Yeah. And I didn't get any of our suite. But I'm so sad that um, we had to, like, leave, like, right when our suite was all nice and cute. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. I don't know if we'll put this in, but I remember one time they were filming, and I think I had to go somewhere. Maybe I was going to a show that night, mm-hmm. and the whole film crew was in there. <laughs> and I had walked out of my room, and I was like, hey, like, I got a shower. <laughs> 
And like you were in there talking and I was like, no, like I, I really got a shower, but I didn't want to like get, go out in my towel in front of everyone. I got a shower. <laughs> I'm going to go see New York City Ballet tonight. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, I always like felt a little like awkward because like everyone was just doing their thing in the suite and like just a ton of film people were in there and there was kind of like. No, but you're amazing at interviews and on camera. Thank you. Oh, you did great. Can you yeah. give us a little insight what it's about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Disney Plus mm -hmm. has done a partnership series with the School of American Ballet and Imagine Documentaries. And it's basically, it's called On Point, and it follows the year um, in a life with um, students who go to the School of American Ballet from the younger school to the advanced students. Mm -hmm. And basically, they follow the younger students as they go through their rehearsals and stuff, getting ready for the Nutcracker season. And they follow the advanced school um, students as they go through the year and like their whole training process, what it's like to be at SAB, what their schedules look like, stuff like that. And yeah, it's really cool because I feel like it shows the reality of a dancer because I feel like TV shows and movies do a really good job of like over-exaggerating the pain and like gruesomeness that comes with becoming a ballet dancer. Like Black Swan. Um. <laughs> my parents, like my mom was like, you shouldn't watch that count. No, it's just very, very over-exaggerated, and I feel like the reality of it is that, yes, ballet does come with its struggles, but it's about, like, the joy and love we feel when we perform and, like, when we dance, and I feel like the documentary is going to do a really good job of, like, capturing that yeah. and, like, the reality of it. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. I got to see the first episode so far because I had to see it for the um interview but yeah everything everything looks amazing Aww. it's amazing <laughs> oh, sweet I, I'm so excited okay so when you came to SAB you decided to go to PCS professional mm -hmm. children's school children's school yes thank you yeah. how was um, it for you and you're still in high school I am still in high school. I'm on my senior year. Yay. Graduating. Um, yes, bud. Professional Children's School, I had an amazing experience there. Like, everyone was so nice. And, like, I was very nervous at first of how I was going to juggle ballet in school. But I feel like Professional Children's School does a great job of um, really balancing out your time for schoolwork and your time for ballet. Mm -hmm. And they do a really good job of accommodating um, your schedules and um, getting your education in at the same time. All the teachers were very nice. And what was your schedule like with SAB and going back and forth? I had to wake up early. <laughs> I feel like me and Satori were like the first two people out this suite every morning. You were... I would go to breakfast, and then I would leave and walk to PCS, Professional Children's School, which is five blocks away. So I'm really glad that it's, like, closer than the other um, schools. 
and I would take my first two academic classes in the mornings. Both of them are like 50 minutes to an hour long. And then I'd walk back to SAB for my first two, first ballet class. Um, you had to get yeah. so early. You went to school, you had breakfast, and then you'd come back I, to ballet class. Yes. And then after that, I'd go to lunch, and then I'd go back to PCS for my last two classes, and then I'd go back to SAB for my last SAB class. And then the day would be finished. Well, not finished because then I'd have to do homework and stuff, but then the day would be finished. I usually um, go to like Pilates or something afterward. Yeah. My schedule was probably a lot more laid back than yours. I was probably one of, I was definitely did not get up as early as you did. I took my sweet time in the morning. Um, and then I would like go eat go eat breakfast, go down to class, which I am like not a morning person. So taking my time was very necessary. Um, I would go down, take class, I'd come up back to my room and do my online school. So it was really nice. All I had to do was take the elevator to my school and downstairs. Uh, so that was really nice. I probably, yeah, I had a bit more like free time to myself. But still, it was like senior year, so it was a lot of work. Um, definitely both aspects of school are awesome, like being able to go in person. Uh -huh. I think like specifically for yeah. me, online was really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's something I also really love about SAB, that everything's like in the same building. I totally. feel like that makes life so much more convenient. Like we talk about how like, crazy our commuting is but like in reality it's nothing compared to like the people who like live in New York and stuff like that and have to like travel on the subways every day and like I know there was one girl in C1 who lived in Connecticut and she has like traveled two hours to SAB every day so I was like I better stop complaining <laughs> we have a good especially me I have an elevator right away elevator right away if you're running late for class no problem five minutes cool. Five minutes. I have had moments. Saturday class? Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Because I tell myself on Saturday classes that I'm going to get up and I'm going to go down early and, like, take my sweet time warming Girl. up. And I get down there, like, 20 minutes before class is supposed to start. I'm like... <laughs> I know. I had, like, a really scary moment where I had woken up, like, 30 minutes before class was starting. And I was like, bun, breakfast, bun. No way. Serious? Yes. That was like the only time, and it scared me so much. I think my alarm clock just like didn't go off that day, and it scared me so much that now I have like 10 alarms set in the morning. Well, then I'm worse than you because I would be up and early on Saturday mornings and still go down the class late. So, <laughs> you, you, you always get up early. I always, I'm always the first one up in the mornings. I hate it sometimes because, like, everyone's asleep. I'm like, can somebody just wake up already? <laughs> we would all wake up, like, in a mess, and you're like, let's go to breakfast, guys. And we're like, like oh, you guys are like, I need a, you guys are like, please, please chill. Five minutes, five minutes. <laughs> I literally, I literally text Ethan in the morning, and I'd be like, hey, want to go to Pilates? And he'd be like, no. <laughs> Going into more of a serious conversation, COVID. Yeah. yeah. We all left very, very abruptly. I have a video of like 
I took a video before we left. I don't know. I can't believe like I actually did that though. So that's so weird. But I, cause I never take a video of, like my room. I was like, that's why am I doing this? But I guess like it was my subconscious being like, you're not coming back, sis. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I took my phone out and I took a video of like our clean like room and everything was set up. Uh, and it made me so sad. The sun was like just shining through the room and it was like so pretty. And then I just like look at it from every now and then to like remember <laughs> what it looked like. I'm just glad that they got us out like early though because of how much craziness happened after that. Like we're lucky that we got out early enough. Yeah. But yeah, it was very sad and like none of us really expected that we'd be gone for like seven to eight months. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And I had gotten, I don't know if you remember, but the left end we did, I think it was in Brooklyn. And I had performed Chai Paw and Union Jack. And Miss Killian at the time was like, are you doing okay? Are you doing? And I was like, I'm great, Miss Killian. And then afterwards, she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, no, not really. I think I'm going to go to the ER. And I like went, I, I did have flu. I did not have COVID. I had flu. And uh-huh. I had stayed in my parents' hotel room for, like, two or three days, just so I could, like, get over everything. God, wait. It's coming back to me now. Because I remember when you came back, um, we had, like, a ton of, like, disinfecting things everywhere. Yes! And your mom was like, guys, use it. And we were like, we're keeping it. I remember my mom had come in and, like, sprayed everyone's rooms and, like, wiped down knobs. And she had given me, like, masks so random like I don't know why like she had given me like packs and packs of masks to in case like I mm-hmm. need anything and she also made me wear like a mask out of the building um mm-hmm. and I remember coming back and then like I think that same week my parents had left and then they were like you guys are going home you know mm-hmm. so it's crazy how everything works but yes. we came home and then we can try to continue SAB training, Zoom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I just felt like, I felt like it wasn't like, we weren't done, we weren't finished. Like it wasn't complete. Like I didn't feel like the year really rounded off like the way I wanted to. But you know, it happened. We were in the midst of a global pandemic. We still are in the midst of a global pandemic. And yeah, we just have to make the best of it. Have to make the most of what we can do for sure what do you think you've like what has been helping you during this time and like have you had to substitute like training and bring in more training i honestly found that i've improved during this time more than i have been in a really long time i really So I was able to, like, spend time on myself and really hone down the things I was struggling with. And also, I had the opportunity to um, practice and, like, train with so many different amazing teachers from around the world, which was really cool. Um, One of the um, my best experiences over the summer was Russian Masters Ballet Summer Intensive because I got to um, take class with so many amazing, like, people. Like, I got to take class class with Maria Kareva. Mm-hmm. I got to take class with um, Anna Oi. I got to, it's so many, so many amazing people. And, um, yeah, it was, I just felt like 
I was really able to like hone down everything and just get myself in the mental, right mental headspace and stuff. And I feel like even though it was um, a tough time, it was a blessing in disguise because I got to um, improve upon things that I didn't realize I had been struggling with before. So it was really cool. Totally. I, I mean, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I hate to say that this is like a blessing because... Yeah, because it was a, it's a very terrible time. Yeah, but it really, I totally agree with you. It totally has been a blessing. Like, just to spend time with family and, like, be able to work with teachers that you haven't been able to and really work on the little nuances and meticulous little things that you needed to work on but have never had time to work on. I think definitely a very difficult thing was the mirrors. Like, you know, in, um, when we're dancing, we're always constantly have a mirror in front of us and we're constantly looking at ourselves through a lens. Definitely. So like, it was so strange to like have that mirror kind of just be taken away and like, you just have to dance. Totally. And I feel like that was also a really good thing as well because when you're on stage, there's no mirror and it's good to like feel where you are and know that you're not relying on a mirror to like help you know where you are. Totally. And just like feeling it within your own body. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about Black Lives Matter? Yeah, I would definitely like to talk about being a black ballerina Yeah, and stuff like that. For me, I've never really had any, um, terrible experience when it came to like um, my race in ballet or anything like that or I never really noticed anything in particular because I was I'm very I was very sheltered so I didn't really know or realize anything that could have potentially been malicious or maybe not even malicious just like um insensitive I never really was able to like notice it because of how sheltered I was mm -hmm. but as I grown um I realized like, that sometimes I was the only black girl in a ballet class and is kind of strange for me because like I was like why doesn't anyone else look like me yeah and um hard sometimes being the only black girl or one of very few because you find yourself putting yourself down a lot of the time and there's like a constant mental battle where you see all these talented dancers around you and have people wondering or saying that you only got accepted because you're black and after a while it like it really messes with your head and um, you start to question if that is the case or if like you really have the talent and they actually want you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it really, when people like were to say things like that behind your back or say things like that, it really undermines your hard work and your achievements. Um, and definitely um, being at SAB because it's such a competitive environment, I found my mind like wandering to those places like, did I only get accepted here because I'm black or um, do I really have the talent? Do I deserve to be here? Um, but it's just something that I kind of had to break my mind out of because it's not worth it to keep putting myself down because this is such an amazing opportunity and 
I shouldn't, I should be embracing it and just trying to improve as much as I can and not focusing on the little things that are not going to help me in the end. It's not going to help me to put myself down this way. And um, I really, I'm also glad that the School of American Ballet has taken action through like the diversity and inclusion programs to not only educate others, but educate like me as well and help me understand that I'm good enough and I'm good enough to be there and I'm deserving enough. So yeah, I feel really great that a lot of schools too are incorporating diversity and inclusion programs because it makes um, the diversity feel like special and included and not left out in any way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let me first say that Oh, you are so deserving. Aw, thank you. You are meant to be here. I'm always like, I love that alive. Like, you are stunning. You are incredible. You are an inspiration. Seriously, like, I love you, and I'm, I feel terrible that you ever would feel that. Because you are so deserving. Thank you. You are, like, right where you're supposed to be. And talking about, like, diversity at SAB, I think Mm -hmm. they are doing a wonderful job. Having, like, diversity um, talks where they have the diversity panel is really Mm -hmm. amazing. And just hearing everyone's stories and different aspects and having people bring awareness is very important. Yeah, definitely. And, like, thinking about different things that you would never have thought about or that that would hurt someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm glad that the ballet world is creating a ballerina or ballet dancer that doesn't have to fit the mold of what it was thought of to be a ballet dancer or ballerina, what you had to look like. So it's really cool that we're seeing like so many different um, races and different looking people and like, different bodies as well um ballet mold totally agree i think for anything it's really easy to compare yourself and i think that's a a good topic in ballet comparing yourself to other people you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. i think uniqueness is everything like feeling unique and like being yourself is so important definitely yeah and i think that's what companies and like artists look for. They look for individuality. They don't want dancers who all look the same anymore. I feel like it's really great that it's like changing and like we see individuality throughout every dancer within a company. It's a very sensitive topic and like, it's very like um, hard for like people to know like what's the right thing to say, what's the wrong thing to say. So I think it's, great that you're aware of it as well definitely and i think honestly we should all be aware of what we're saying exactly bring awareness definitely on a positive note aisha ash is now on faculty at sab and she is an incredible teacher and Mm -hmm. i'm so thrilled to have her on faculty. Yes, I'm very excited. Actually, funny story of when we found out. Um, we were all going in for, I think, a second class, and um, Kay walked in with Jonathan Stafford, and we were all like, 
what's going on? Is he teaching class today? Like we were all like really nervous. And then Kay was like, oh, we have a special announcement. Aisha Ash will be joining permanent faculty. And me, Une, and Olivia looked at each other and we were like, ah, oh my God. Our reaction was like priceless. And um, yeah, I feel like it was really special for us because um, it's great for us to see representation and like our te teachers as well. Cause all the teachers at SAB are so amazing, but I feel like it's great to see um, us being represented as well, which is great. And especially like an amazing role model like Aisha. She's incredible, so positive. She's just so like poised and positive and just like beautiful inside yeah. and out. What do you see as some of your challenges what are your greatest strengths as a dancer i'm trying a thing where i don't where i talk positively about myself no self-deprecation no self-deprecation in here none of it <laughs> yeah i feel like recently as i'm getting older and more aware of it definitely body positivity and just like confidence in itself is um a weakness that i have because, like, in the ballet world, everyone's like, oh, you have to be very skinny. And, like, you see, like, very small girls all around you when you're in class. And, like, everyone has a different body. And um, you always, you're always, like, kind of, like, striving to fit that mold. But you have to realize that your body is your body. And you look beautiful no matter what. Oh. And um, it's... Yeah, definitely something that I feel like a lot of dancers struggle with internally. That like, is their body good enough? Do they look good? Things like that. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree and have had experiences that have made me question my body. I think it's just so important that we create a positive environment. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like it's something that because it's something that really should be targeted and also like it should be made more aware for like teachers and stuff because I've heard like stories about like teachers telling their students they need to lose weight and teachers being um, insensitive towards students about their weight as well and I feel like that's not something that should be discussed in a harsh or mean way. I feel like people need to be a lot more sensitive when it comes to things like that. Yeah, definitely. I just want to thank Tyella for helping us get to the point, but more importantly for her honesty in our discussion today, especially surrounding diversity and body positivity. Valley is difficult enough and sometimes we make it harder for each other through unkind words. I think we can all admit to saying some things that wasn't kind or uplifting. And through hearing perspectives like Tyella's, we understand how words can hurt and how our community can be stronger by supporting each other. If 2020 has taught us anything, it's definitely that we are in this together and that we can't control anything beyond ourselves. Thanks again, Tyella, for your honesty. So please tell your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out the bonus content on YouTube. Tyella and I filmed a stretching video that you guys are going to love. You will also want to follow the podcast Instagram account, get to the point underscore podcast, so you can stay updated and send any questions you have. You can even request guests or send me ideas. I'm here for you and we're in this together. I'm Callie Kleeman and you've been listening to Get to the Point. 
See you next week. Bye, everyone.